Okay. So we'll see what we go can do here. <clears throat> Father, we thank you for all you are. We thank you for this time. Thank you for these sweet people who love you, who love one another, and who love this church. And we ask that you just bless us as we open the book, honor your word, be with us, and we thank you. Be with Jack's family this afternoon as we attend his memorial service. Be with us now, and we'll be careful to give you the praise and the honor of the Lord for everything. Jesus, name we ask you. Amen. Okay. We finished up with uh, the first little bit of uh, chapter 40 last week, and I had my fix of handle, <laughs> and we got to chapter uh, verse 12. And church verse 12 says, Who has measured the waters in the hollow of his hand and marked off the heavens by the span and calculated the dust of the earth by the measure and weighed the, balance, the mountains in the balance and the hills in a pair of scales? Who, God said, or Isaiah said, about God. Now, Job 38. We've often talked about that God doesn't have to say it but once in Scripture for it to be correct. And when He says it twice in several different places, or three times in several different places, that just says it's that, more, that much more important. So in 38th chapter... I'm going to try to let uh, our reader read, and we're going to read this entire chapter. Ready? Bimon, on what were its bases sunk? Excuse me. its cornerstone? Let me get it going from the beginning now. Chapter 38. <laughs> then the Lord answered Job, out of the whirlwind that said, Who is this that darkens counsel by words without knowledge? Now gird up your loins like a man, and I will ask you, and you instruct me. Where were you when I laid the foundation of the earth? Tell me if you have understanding. Who set its measurements, since you know? Or who stretched the line on it? On what were its bases sunk? Or who laid its cornerstone, when the morning stars sang together, and all the sons of God shouted for joy? Or who enclosed the sea with doors, when bursting forth it went out from the womb? When I made a cloud its garment, and thick darkness its swaddling band, and I placed boundaries on it, and set a bolt and doors, and I said, Thus far you shall come, but no farther, and here shall your proud waves stop. Have you ever in your life commanded the morning, and caused the dawn to know its place, that it might take hold of the ends of the earth, and the wicked be shaken out of it? It is changed like clay under the seal, and they stand forth like a garment. From the wicked their light is withheld, and the uplifted arm is broken. Have you entered into the springs of the sea, or walked in the recesses of the deep? Have the gates of death been revealed to you, or have you seen the gates of deep darkness? Have you understood the expanse of the earth? Tell me if you know all this. Where is the way to the dwelling of light and darkness? Where is its place, that you may take it to its territory, and that you may discern the paths to its home? You know, for you were born then, and the number of your days is great. 
Have you entered the storehouses of the snow, or have you seen the storehouses of the hail, which I have reserved for the time of distress, for the day of war and battle? Where is the way that the light is divided, or the east wind scattered on the earth? Who has cleft a channel for the flood, or a way for the thunderbolt, to bring rain on a land without people, on a desert without a man in it, to satisfy the waste and desolate land, and to make the seeds of grass to sprout? Has the rain a father, or who has begotten the drops of dew? From whose womb has come the ice, and the frost of heaven, who has given it birth? Water becomes hard like stone, and the surface of the deep is imprisoned. Can you bind the chains of the Pleiades, or loose the cords of Orion? Can you lead forth a constellation in its season, and guide the bear with her satellites? Do you know the ordinances of the heavens, or fix their rule over the earth? Can you lift up your voice to the clouds, so that an abundance of water will cover you? Can you send forth lightnings that they may go and say to you, Here we are. Who has put wisdom in the innermost being, or given understanding to the mind? Who can count the clouds by wisdom, or tip the water jars of the heavens, when the dust hardens into a mass, and the clouds stick together? Can you hunt the prey for the lion, or satisfy the appetite of the young lions? when they crouch in their dens and lie in wait in their lair? Who prepares for the raven its nourishment, when its young cry to God and wander about without food? You remember the story of, of Job? He lost everything he had. Chapter 39. Do you know the time the mountain goats give birth? Do you observe the calving of the deer? Can you count the month? Now, get out of this. In all of Job's problems, he developed a little arrogance. And he's questioned God in a lot of things. And in chapter 38, 39, 40, and 41, the Lord specifically talks to him. And he talks to us today. And he starts out, then the Lord answered Job. So this is God Almighty here. He says, Who is this that darkens counsel by words without knowledge? And then he says, Gird up your loins like a man. And he says it several times. You know, put your big pants on, Joe. We'll fix it and talk about this. And he says, Where were you when I laid the foundations of the earth. And in the New American Standard that we're using, did in any form is always capitalized. I, my, it, is, so forth. Where were you when I laid the foundations of the earth? Tell me if you have understanding. And over these cha chapters here, the Lord talks about some things that we basically take for granted, but they had an origin, and their origin was with God Almighty. Now, we, we tend to put things in boxes, and we've come up with three big words 
to declare what God is. He's omnipotent. What does that mean? He's all-powerful. He's all-powerful. He's omniscient. He's, he's everywhere at the same time. And uh, what's the other? Omnipresent. Omnipresent. Everywhere at the same time. I had it backwards. Thank you, Jane. Omnipotent. God's unlimited power. Omnipresent. God is present everywhere at the same time. Omniscient. He knows everything. And yet sometimes we're just like Job. We get arrogant. We think we know it all. We think we've got it all together. But he, he lays out some things here that are very interesting to me. Uh, everybody enjoys going to the beach, right? Look at verse 8. Who enclosed the sea with doors when bursting forth it went from the womb? When I made a cloud its garment and the thick darkness its swaddling band, I placed boundaries on it and set a bolt and doors. And I said, Thus far you have come, but no further. Here shall your proud waves stop. He stopped them at Pearl Beach. You know, there might have been a time they were kind of But anyway, he closed the gate. He stopped them right there. Have you ever? Uh, look at verse 16. Have you entered the springs of the sea or walked in the recesses of the deep? Have the gates of death been revealed to you? Have you seen the gates of the deep darkness? Have you understood the expanse of the earth? Tell me if you know all this. Tell me if you know all this. Look at verse 22. Have you entered the storehouse of the snow? Have you seen the storehouse of the hail for which I reserved for a time of distress, for a day of war and battle? In your little Bible, turn to page 168. Hold your finger there. Turn to 168. It's Joshua 10. Joshua 10. <clears throat> Joshua 10. Let's look at verse 7. Page 168. Verse 7. Joshua chapter 10, verse 7. Okay. So Joshua went up from Gilgal. And the people of war with him and all the valiant warriors. And the Lord said to Joshua, Do not fear them, for I have given them into your hands. Not one of them shall stand before you. So Joshua came upon them suddenly and marched all night from Gilgal. And the Lord confounded them before Israel. And he slew them with a great slaughter at Gibeon and pursued them down by the way of ancient wherever and struck them as far as wherever. Verse 11. As they fled from the Lord before Israel, while they were at a decent Bethorn, the Lord threw large stones from heaven on them as far 
as Ahaz, and they died. There were more who died from hailstones than whom the sons of Israel killed with the sword. <laughs> it, I, it, I'm just amazed at Scripture and the Lord, you know, back to Job 38, verse 23, I have reserved for the time of distress for the days of war and battle. Storehouse of snow, storehouse of hailstones. It's just absolutely wonderful. Look at verse 36. Who has put wisdom in the innermost being or given understanding to the mind? Who can count the clouds of wisdom or tip the water jars into the heavens? And when the dust hardens into a mass and the clouds stick together. In chapter 6 about Isaiah, Isaiah introduces us to the holiness of God. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord. And he's that. But he's omnipotent, omnipotent, omnipotent. He's those four or three words. He's, he's, he's all those things. Turn the page to look at chapter 38 just a minute.
Now, you really want to put it in perspective? When we go back to Genesis, God did it all in how many days? Six days. Six days He did it all. Listen, folks. When we get so big for our bridges that we can't see the glory of what God has given us. It's a little cool this morning, but that's a gorgeous day out there. It's been a gorgeous day for the last little bit. Ben, did you do anything to bring it? No, sir. I mean, we woke up and there it was. Everything's green and everything's budding and everything in its own time and its own place. God said it was good. It was good. Not only is God holy, we need to be in reverence and awe before Him for what He's done. And Isaiah said, you know, as the Lord's talking here, He said, who, who put this earth like it's going? Who who scooped out the sea? Who scooped out the mountains and weighed them? That's pretty good scale. And weighed them. Okay. Look at verse 17. All the nations are as nothing before Him. They are regarded by Him as less than nothing and meaningless. We've talked about Assyria. We've talked about Babylon. Those places are no more. They're, they're countries, that nations that were big, ruled. These are the Persians and all of them, and we can't even find them. We go back to history and we say, well, the Greeks, the Greeks were in power. Are the Greeks in power today? They can't even pay their bills. You know, it's, it's, it's one of those things. Come and go. The United States, we're strutting our stuff. We won't live to see it. But the Lord's going to deal with us. He's going to deal with us because of our arrogance and because of the way we have disobeyed Him in everything we do. Verse 18. To whom then will you liken God? Or what likeness will you compare with Him? For the idol of craftsman cast it, stonesmith plates it with gold, silversmith fashioned chains with silver. He who is too impoverished for such an offering selects a tree that does not rot, seeks out a skilled uh, craftsman to prepare an item that will tire. You can find, you can find, if you can afford gold, if you can afford uh, silver, fine. You fashion something. If you can't, you find you a piece of wood and find somebody to fix it. And that's it. But he says it's going to fall over. It's morning tire. It tires. Morning stay there. Verse 21. Do you not know? Have you not heard? 
Has it not been declared to you from the beginning? Have you not understood from the foundations of the earth? It is He who sits above the circle of the earth and its inhabitants are like grasshoppers who stretches out heavens like a curtain and spreads them out like a tent to dwell in. I'm sure you've done the same thing I've done. You walk through the field and the grasshoppers just went in front of you. Um, I was a cruel little boy. I pulled the legs off of <laughs> But y'all didn't ever do that. <laughs> but can you stop to think about it? So insignificant as a grasshopper? That's what the inhabitants of the earth are to the Lord. And yet, and yet when we know Him, we can go to Him as our Father and we can plead our case before Him and we can ask Him to help us with Monday morning, with the washing machine going bad, with the car needing fixed, with the heart out of ribbon, or all these things. We can go directly to Him and seek His wisdom and his understanding. Man, the God of heaven, and you put all that in perspective, who he is and what he's done. It's he, verse 23, who reduces the rulers to nothing, who make the judges of the earth meaningless. Hold your finger there and go to Acts chapter 12. It's in the little Bible on the New Testament, page 103. <clears throat> Acts, Acts chapter 12. <clears throat> it's He who redu reduces rulers to nothing and makes the judges of the earth meaningless. We have a couple of illustrations here, but in Acts chapter 12, Peter's in prison. And the Lord woke him up and he said, get out. Chains fell from his scales. The doors opened in front of him and he walked through the streets there and went to the house of John Mark's folks and knocked on the door. A young lady came to the gate and she went back in and she said, Peter's out there. They were in there praying for him. Pray it for <clears throat> Look at verse 18. Now when day came, there was no small disturbance among the soldiers as to what had become of Peter. When Herod had searched for him, had not found him, he examined the guards and ordered that they be led away into execution. And he went down to Caesarea, I mean to Judea and Caesarea, and was spending time there. And this was King Herod we're talking about here. Verse 20. He was very angry with the people of Tyre and Sidon. And with one accord they came to him and having one over Rastus, the king's chamberlain, they were asking for peace because their country was fed by the king's country. On an appointed day, Herod 
having put on his royal apparel, took to the seat of the rostrum and began delivering a message to them. And the people cried out, the voice of God, not of man. And immediately an angel of the Lord struck him because he did not give God the glory. And he was eaten by worms and died. Folks, when Paul in the New Testament said, give the things to Caesar, the things that are Caesar, he says, I have given him thy authority. Just like this, this guy. He boasted the people's brag. This is, this is God. He said, I can see him smiling. He didn't contradict that. He was glad to hear it. And God says, it won't be. And he didn't make it to the house. We have another example in, in, in Daniel where he gave this big feast for everybody. <clears throat> they were having a big time. He was the top of the wall. And yet his hand rolled on the wall. He called for Daniel and says, what does that mean? And he says, it means, Belshazzar, that, uh, that you have been found wanting. You have been found wanting. And later on, he wound up as a cow in the field, eating grass. Lost his mind. Listen, <clears throat> don't think that the God of heaven doesn't know what's going on down here. Don't think that he's, he's blind to everything. He heard the children of Israel and Egypt and sent Moses to bring them out. Part of the problem is, or maybe the good, better part of that, the reason he hadn't done anything sooner to us is it's people like yourself. Because there are a lot of people that love him. And there are a lot of people that uphold him. But it's a fight. And we need to continue what we can continue to do. The Lord's in control and he's going to win. It's his world. It's his earth. It's his universe. It's his. And he's going to make it <clears throat> all right. He's going to make it <clears throat> all right. He reduces the rulers to nothing. Making the judges of the earth meaningless. I'm back to Isaiah. Isaiah 23. Scarcely have we been planted. Scarcely have been sown. Scarcely has their stock taken root in the earth. But he merely blows on them and they wither. The storm carries them like stubble. Scarcely have we gotten here. Scarcely have we lived. Scarcely have we taken root. But now we're almost stubble. We've had the four deaths in our church in the last little bit. And I, I, I'm sure you're not like up and down. But we talk, we think too much about it. You know, what's going to happen? Who's it going to, where's this going to be? 
And when you look up the phone number of Memorial Gardens and make an appointment with them to talk about a burial plot, it's kind of serious. <laughs> and yet my memory is pretty good. I remember when I was playing center on the single wing football team. I couldn't get over a ball now, you know, much less center it. But, but you see what Scripture's saying? We're no sooner here than we're gone. We're no sooner here than we're gone. And we need to make the time count that we're here. That's why these sweet people are going to Ecuador. That's why every one of us need to be sure that our family knows who Jesus is because the time is drawing short. I don't know when he's coming. I don't know what he's going to do. I, anybody that does doesn't know Scripture, but Scripture says nobody knows but the Father himself. But we need to be ready. We need to be ready for his coming. Need to be ready for his coming. Well, Um, I'll, let's read a few more verses and Art, I'll let you pick up with chapter 20, uh, verse 27 next week. Alright, 25. To whom would you liken me that I would be his equal and say the Holy One? Lift up your eyes on high and see who has created the stars. The one who leads them forth their host by the number. And he calls them by name. And I love this next little verse. Because of the greatness of his power and the strength of his might, not one of them is missing. It amazes me when all these theoretical physicists says we've found a hole out there and there's a bunch of stars out there and this has been great. My scripture says He's known it all along and he's got a name for them and there's none of them missing. None of them missing. <coughs> we don't know anything <laughs> when it all boils down to what the God of heaven is great. And Isaiah's telling his people, he said, folks, this is where it is. This is where it is. Anything you, you got to add? Well, We'll go from this place of, uh, I haven't heard Pastor Larry preach this morning, but I did read the scripture. <clears throat> it comes back to uh, Mark that we taught in here. And uh, he was out in the boat. And all he said was, hush. Make a funeral this afternoon at three o'clock. I urge you to do to do that. And uh, eat with us at, after the service if you're 55. I was born in Illinois, and in Illinois you don't see the tide. Okay, I didn't grow up knowing anything about the tide, and I, I thought I knew the Lord pretty well until I got down here, and I saw the tide 
And it absolutely blows my mind how, at a set time, every day, the water swishes in, swishes out, only comes so far. Where does that water go? How to... <laughs> It just, it, you know, it's mind-boggling. Mm -hmm. When you think about the time, that's... <laughs> Joe says, I stopped it. I stopped it. Mm -hmm. C.W., pray for us as we go, please. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for your word. We thank you for being a part of this class and studying your word. Lord, we were reminded this morning as we look at this that there are those times when we stand in front of you and we see ourselves for who we really are and we feel so insignificant thank you for being patient with us and thank you for loving us go with us now and lead guys in everything we do and everything we undertake and may the things we say and do bring glory to your name in Christ's name we pray Amen I'm not working at the scene.